Hello, friends and lovers. It's me, Crystal Hart. And for the last time of 2023, I am here to wish you a very happy Pride. I hope you had as much fun and felt as much love as I did this season. Today's episode features our final guests for the Pridecast this year, and I gotta say, it feels completely appropriate to serve up a spoonful of Junior Mint for the grand finale. I have been a Junior Mint fan since the first time I saw her perform. Her shows take you on a complete journey from exuberance to reality. She will have you rolling on the floor laughing one second and then punch you in the gut with the truth the next. She entertains and inspires, and she represents the best of us, as black trans women tend to do. It's pride, it needs to be said. Thank you so much for listening, and without further ado, we have a conversation between Darren and Junior Mint. This is Queer Focus. Are you alive? Huh? I'm gonna make you say, of course. Can you come to my house tonight? It is not our differences that divide us. It is our inability to recognize, accept, and celebrate those differences. In the immortal words of notable poet Lana Del Rey, we've seen the world, done it all, had our cake now, and ate that cake. What happens when all of that's threatened to be taken away? We've tasted the cake and demand our seat at the table. With Queer Focus, we aim to explore our own queerness within the Collective Focus Resource Hub and discuss the impact our LGBTQIA brethren have had on the Brooklyn community at large. Through discussion and interviews conducted weekly at the 1046 Broadway location, we are streaming every week during Pride Month and we are excavating the true meaning of pride. Hello, everybody. My name is Darren Clayton Stewart. My pronouns are he, him, they, if you're nasty. And I am here with top apologist Junior Mint. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't even know what to do with that intro. I'm Junior Mint. Hello. Pronouns she, her. I am a drag performer, a drag preacher. I have my own makeup line, um, minty makeup. I also um, am the creator of my own talk show, um, The Junior Mint Show. It's a late night variety show, talk show that has um, an all black queer writer's room. Um, and yeah, I just try to be there for my community. All right, so tell me a little bit more about that. How, what communities do you identify with, and how do you feel that they impact your work? Oh, yeah. Um, I am a black trans woman. Um, I also am a part of the drag community. Um, I just think overall the queer community, um, but of course specifically the black trans community. Um, I also very much identify with... Um, not really identity based, but like the theater community. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we are, we are theater major apologists in this room. Oh, yes. Period. Period. And my BFA says 
that for sure. Oh, mine says I owe the government a fuck ton of money oh for a God. decree that I don't use. And they're never going to get it. <laughs> never gonna never going to get it. Oh, literally, I love calling them now that we're getting that lifted. And I'll be like, hey, it's Darren from the University of Minnesota. You remember? <laughs> go golfers. Oh I, I would like to defer yet again. It is, yes, it is my favorite D word besides the obvious one. <gasps> Oh my God! Yes, yes, Donald Duck. Oh, I was gonna say my own fucking name, Darren. Uh, <laughs> Donald so, Duck is better. So, so fuck Donald Duck drag is what you're saying. Well, you know, <laughs> ducks do have corkscrew penises. I'm not fucking that. I know, and they also have um, false um, vaginas. So, like the um, the uh, female can like redirect one of the dicks to like um, like a false vagina if they don't want them to to reproduce with that specific person. And it's so wild. Nature is so wild. And it's like, ah, I love getting to see how there's just so many different ways for like human beings and like creatures to like Reproduce. There's like, like inherent exist. queerness in this. My jaw exactly. has absolutely hit the floor. When do I get a separate pussy in which I can just be like, I don't I really want it. That's what I want. Literally, um, Juniper Juicy always um talks about the concept of like um like Mr. and Miss Potato Head crotches and everything. We're like, I can't wait for the day where you can like, okay, work. I'm gonna put on my uterus today, or I'm gonna like, okay, time to put my balls on, but no dick, just the balls today. Mm. It's like I just I love the fact that like being trans just really expanded my ideas of what my body can be and the ways in which it can affirm me. Yeah. And yeah, I think that there's just so much beauty, imagination, and expansiveness with transness. Mm. Mm. Thank you for all of these juicy tidbits from transness to the animal kingdom and beyond. Yeah, call this animal planet, bitch. <laughs> well, I mean, that could be a separate spin-off podcast if we really Ooh. wanted. Not not to undermine our own podcast that we have going on here. <laughs> <laughs> not undermining the show. Not undermine. You know, it'll be a spin-off for it. It'll be your all-stars. It'll it will be my all-star season. Just call me Jimbo. I'll do Shirley Temple and a little <laughs> bit of tap dancing. Oh my god. What a what a season. What a season. I'm not gonna lie. I'm only consuming bits on Twitter right now. I have not seen a damn thing this season because I'm uh depressed mm, you know 100 like not to not to make this dark so i guess let's get back to the nitty gritty tell me tell me a little bit more what what made you decide that you wanted to get into drag i know that you had in living color mm -hmm. but where was little where was my little minty baby before that <laughs> well um so i start i first like I knew about RuPaul and um, like all of that, um, and that was my like frame of reference for drag until I got to. Um, I think it, yeah, I think I I heard about Drag Race my senior year of high school in 2013, but when I went to college, it was the first time I like watched it and mm -hmm. like saw it, and that was mm -hmm. season eight. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching Bob, and Bob just resonated so deeply with me in terms of like. Another top apologist, yeah, Bob. Oh, exactly, yeah. exactly. And just, they were political, they were speaking to the community, they were funny, they were irreverent. There was just so many facets to them mm -hmm. that it just really made me go like, oh my God, if I did drag, I would want to be in that vein and in that energy. 
And I didn't start performing until I moved to New York after college. Um, And I studied scenic design. So I basically, um, like, moved here, like, assisting scenic designers um, off-Broadway. And one of the uh, designers um, was one of the first women to win a scenic design, Tony, um, and was one of the first women to. And I was assisting her, and she just looked over at me one time in tech and went, you know you don't want to do this, right? And I was just like flabbergasted. I was like, what do you mean I don't want to do scenic design? Like, I, I you're, just, like, you're like, bitch, what? I I went to school for this. This is what I want. I'm in debt for this. <laughs> I mm. literally was like, what do you mean? And um, then she said, the only thing you talk about with joy and passion is drag. You need to do that. And that same summer, it was 2018, um, July 11th, I signed up for a competition at House of Yes, Hot Mess. And I was very, very nervous. I was very, very anxious. And I remember, um, like, the first thing that somebody said to me when I walked in, because I had my afro and everything, they looked at me and just went, oh, you look just like Angela Davis. And it was, like, one of those first affirming moments where I was like, okay. And I didn't I didn't understand the fullness of my transness. Yeah. At that point, I very much identified as gender fluid. Uh-huh. And so it was the first time where I was like, I feel very affirmed that you just saw me as a woman and referencing some woman that I also love. Um, and then I didn't win the competition, but three... Um, it was rigged. Uh, the riggery of it all. I can't even remember... Such tomfoolery. I think I might have lost a... I think that I lost a God complex. Mm. And so it was like one of those things where I was like, okay. I, You're like, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. If I'm going to lose, let it let me lose to someone who I'm like obsessed with, right. whose art I really respect. Um and so did that and then at the end three um middle-aged black women came running up to me. They were all celebrating their 40th birthday. I love that. Um mm, it was beautiful. And they ran up to me and they were like um I did a whole number that was about like Basically, me cussing out white people for telling black people to shut up or basically silence black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ran up to me after and was like, oh, my God, I've never seen my perspective said on a stage before, like, so honestly and so bluntly. And the way in which they kind of fangirled over me was a moment where I was like, I didn't know that I could bring out those emotions in people and make people feel seen just by being myself and creating something. Mm -hmm. And so that was like a big reason why I continue doing it. And then the other one was um, a really great friend of mine booked me for, um, that I didn't know, became a great friend of mine, um, booked me for two gigs later um, for like in that month. And I was like, well, I mean, if they're going to pay me and I get to make people feel seen, like I don't see how this could possibly not be something interesting me. I mean, that's the beauty of art, you know? It's unabashedly and unapologetically just being yourself and mm-hmm. feeling like you can portray that on a platform, be that, you know, drag, be that visual art, be that, you know, mm-hmm. theater performance. Mm-hmm. It It's so wonderful when we're able to actually implement those things instead of how so much of our art that we consume today is a product of late-stage capitalism, mm-hmm. that you're just here flipping that narrative and doing something that's so integral to your emotional well-being and getting to share that and seeing that reaction within the community. I think that's mm-hmm. really beautiful. And then on top of it, I'm like in addition to everything that we said, I also just discovered even more about myself. Tell me. I I, I didn't know that I could make people feel seen. I didn't know that I had power in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that everybody 
has the power to do, but most of us don't put us put ourselves in vulnerable enough places to have that impact on people. And I think it's for a multitude of reasons why people don't put themselves in that position. But I think when you do get up on a stage and you say, I'm going to do something that is just rooted in what is going to bring me joy, that is going to make me feel seen, that is going to make me feel proud of myself for what I did, and then discover so many other things after the fact that you didn't even know that you were feeling and processing. And yeah, it's really beautiful. <laughs> hey, young artists that are maybe listening in on this podcast, start taking notes because I feel like we're really gathering a lot of intellect and inspiration here on how you can turn your passion into your art. Oh, fully. I mean, it's just about jumping in and doing what feels right. Because I think that like when I moved here, aside from like doing um, like assisting work, in order to also pay the bills, I worked at an escape the room. And not the escape the mm. room. How do we escape this room right now? <laughs> we don't. The podcast is just live streaming forever. Oh my God, are we live streaming from the Titanic submarine right now? Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> when I tell, oh, oh, it is just what you, you just couldn't pay me to get into that ramshackle of a submarine. Can we, right? Can we and, just talk about the fact that rich people do not have the same core identifiers as something is dangerous to us? Whereas they're like, oh, let me just go into a submarine. That sounds so chic, so thrilling. And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, no, ocean bad. I think that they, I think that just rich people just assume that their wealth can afford them safety and security. And yeah. so we're even like, I'm sure that they were probably like, well, you know, this may not be the best idea, but you know, they're going to come get us. They're right. going to figure out. Oh, that's and luxury. Is that's what the that thing. Is. I'm like 90% of the time while I am even so like hesitant about putting my own energy at mm -hmm. risk, let alone my body. Right. Is I'm, I don't, I don't know for sure, guaranteed that somebody will show up and care. Do I know, like, you know, my chosen family, my right, community. Right, our yeah. community that we have but surrounding like, us. It's, but it's, also, my community is dealing with a lot of motherfucking well, things. Our community is not going deep sea diving right now. <laughs> but we can't even afford it. They right. paid to do it. Right, they paid for this. They paid for that submarine. They only have, like, 10 hours left of air. What do you think they're doing with that, like, last 10 hours? Honestly... I think probably with the last 10 hours, I, if it was me, if mm -hmm. it was me, yeah, I, it would be a lot of just reflecting. I feel like I would want to think that if I was down there, I would be like trying to think of the best memories of my life and yeah. like reflecting on it. But honestly, I would be... I would be literally wanting to bang my head against the wall because yeah. I put myself in this position. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I put me down here. Mm -hmm. I didn't even. I didn't have to yeah. go into a submarine. Yeah, yeah. There's no lip sync for your life there. There's, oh, baby. There, yeah. And also, I'm in a room full of these people. Well, okay. Let, no, let me not say that. I was. Uh, you you can go there. I would we, just. They, oh no. They, they could just edit this out. I would just. No. I would just. Honestly, I would want to be masturbating at that point. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I, I think they're jacketed. They've got to be. But, Everyone, if they like, if they each take oh, some of that can't. oxygen, like, and they just, they just touch themselves one they last can't. time. Well, like, they can't because well, there's like a, Diana Ross plays in the There's background. a father and son duo up in there. And you, that's I, even in the end, I don't want to cross I, that. I mean, a father and a son duo. What's more part of the LGBTQ <laughs> than that? <laughs> ah! Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, 
Good for them. <laughs> right. Good for them. I, I think I've, <laughs> I, I can't. I, I've disgusted myself. I like I need like a, a sanitizing wipe for my own brain. Right that now. gagged me. I'm gagged. I'm gooped. I am good. I love how we got to a father-son role play thing in a submarine that yeah. searching for Titanic. Yeah, searching that's for run- Titanic. This this is really, you know, that's that's the essence of But the submarine was guided by an um um Madonna. <laughs> wait, did, wait, did you see the video? Which one? The no. one where the uh, person was explaining like how they built it and everything? No, I haven't watched anything about this. I just literally turned on oh the my news God. and I was like I was like Paramore was right exploitative performative and we don't even know the half of it. Do you know how they steer the submarine? Using the, their minds. They like... use a knockoff PlayStation controller. <laughs> I'm not joking, and also not the dual shot. Also, people on it actually was yeah, period, and they, um and they were also in the video saying that the way that they built it, in order to get out, it has to be unbolted from the outside. So even if they surface, if nobody finds them, they can't get out. <laughs> and I and these were all the levels where I was like, and they paid for this. They paid. $250,000 a person. Oh, my God. And, you know, all of those killer whales are just looking at the submarine like it is one bento box just ready to be peeled open and eating the contents. There is one, there's been um, memes on Twitter about... Um, it's like all the fish from SpongeBob and everything, like, looking shocked, and they're like, all the fish on the Titanic seeing new bodies come down. Right. I was like, that is the truth. All this, In order to go and try and discover this entire artifact well is it an artifact or is it just a I, ship I feel like it's um I feel like it's an antique at this point antique, it's, it's, yeah 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 word. you know it's like mm, past a hundred mm, years to go see this antique you just add it to the display yeah and I'm like ooh that feels like a Twilight Zone mo- movie episode it really does speaking of do you Twilight zone things. Do you think they're going to be included in the ghosts that are in the end of the movie of the Titanic? Will they somehow be post-edited in there and we'll just see a bunch of people honestly, there welcoming Rose to death? Honestly, I, I say no. I don't think we need to commemorate rich people doing stupid things. Amen. Mm, mm, Amen. Keep them out of there. That's why, like, on Twitter, I'm like, I, can't, I don't have any emotional connection to yeah. this because it's really yeah. like... Oh my God, I'm not, the last thing I'm going to have is empathy for a bunch of rich people who oh, put honey, their own lives in, I at know. risk. I know, like, I think about that, I think about that daily when I turn on Twitter, and I'm really just there to see the butts, let's be real. Ooh, the butts. Yeah, the, the butts. butts. You that... can't spell butts without you. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could really go for a hot dog right about now. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> was that Penelope Cruz? No, that was supposed to be Jennifer Cruz. <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm just dragging you. <laughs> uh, drag me to hell. All right. Great I suppose. Movie. Oh, I haven't even seen it. Oh, shit. We are at. Should we take a little break, Junior? Yeah, you know yeah. what? Let's yeah. go take a break. Yeah, you know, you know we'll powder our noses. We'll powder mm-hmm. each other. And mm-hmm. then uh, we'll come on back and we'll talk. We'll talk more. Come through talcum powder. <laughs> yeah. Come through talcum powder. This episode was brought to you by talcum powder. <laughs> I haven't performed with her yet, but I would love to meet her. Miss Powder, Talcum. Please welcome to the stage, Talcum Powder. Mm. I don't know what to do. We just leave it recording. Oh, um, she, she was saying um, we can just come out and then she'll come in and stop it. Oh, okay. Thank you, Johan, for doing God's work on editing this. Um, I'm so sorry how much we talked about the Titanic. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm like, should we have should we have talked about like um if maybe let's we'll prolapse. take a moment. Well. we'll <laughs> 
maybe let's take a moment and just be like, we'll pull one of those RuPaul moments. And this is where I pull out a picture of a, a young junior. Mm-hmm. And I ask you what you would like to say to this young junior. Well, I mean, to young junior, they're like... It you is, don't have to say shit to oh, your no. younger self if you don't want oh, no, to. That, and that's the thing, because most of the time when people ask me, I, I'm genuinely kind of like, junior, there is no changing what I went through. I went through what I went through. Yeah. I went through the ups, the downs, the in-betweens. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful for the person that came out the other end. Yeah. And I mean, and also, even if I came back, I don't think younger me would believe any of the positive things that older me would come back and say, because I did not like myself that much to even listen to myself. Yeah. yeah. So I say it as like, if there's anything that I would say, it's you're going to make it through it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be shitty. Yeah. It's not going to be fun. Amen. Life be there will way. be some joy in it. Yeah. But I mean, you got this. And at the end of it is going to be a person that you really love that you didn't know that you could become. And yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna turn all of the shitty situations into the moments that will build you into the woman that you like to look in the mirror. I love that. I think that's a really positive way of dealing with trauma. I think back when I ask myself this question, if there's anything I'd like to say to my younger self, because it's like I I feel you on all of these trials and tribulations that we undergo as queer people growing up in, you know, the respective parts of the country that we're from. So, like, the main difference between the Midwest and the South really is just the accents at this point. Mm-hmm. And I I just am so endlessly grateful for the journey, even though I didn't like it. I'm so happy about the person that came out of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's so much power in just understanding who you are and how your experiences have molded you to be who you are and just holding steadfast to that. I think that's, that's the most important thing that we can do as like members of the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And it's one of those things where I always, I, I, I'm glad I took the time to sit in not being thankful for the, um, or being grateful for, having grown past the shitty situation. Because I know plenty of people who don't find gratitude in what they've gone through. And that is beautiful. And that's amazing. And I think that however you feel about where you came from and what you went through, as 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 long as you are proud of the person you are now, it's a win. And if you can look back and in some way, be grateful for it, that's a blessing. And I feel very blessed to be able to do it and look back and find positive because, yeah, it's not everyone who can find it. And so, yeah, I say that solely in case people are listening who who don't see the same perspective on what they've gone through. Um, Maybe because, yeah, queer people have... If there's one thing about us, we are not monolithic. We are not monolithic. We very seldom color within the lines. Exactly. Yeah. And so however you got to where you are now, I'm like just proud of everybody for getting to where they are now yeah. and for getting through whatever shitty things they yeah. went through. And yeah. however they look back at it, they don't have to look back at it the same way that I do, but I hope that they have the strength, the power, and the resilience to look back at it in general and have an yeah. opinion. Yeah, I think that is the mm-hmm. most important thing that we can do. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's so funny. I feel like 
I'm I'm like Meredith Vieira, like Katie Couric or something, just conducting this interview with this microphone held like an ice cream cone <laughs> to my mouth. <laughs> it, it also almost feels like you and I are putting out like our first debut album. It's very mm. like singer songwriter coded. Mm, it's like that Prince album, a piano and a microphone. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Speak more to me about Prince. God. Oh God. All right, let's actually take this break because I do have to pee. <laughs> okay, have fun. Hi, I'm Brianna, and this episode of Queer Focus is brought to you by the Migrant Outreach Program here at Collective Focus. Did you know many of our food and clothing donations go directly to supporting immigrants and asylum seekers? These families traveled from all over the world searching for opportunity here in New York. Collective Focus has helped people who were displaced from their native lands. I'm the Migrant Outreach Coordinator, and I'm proud of the impact we've made thanks to your help. Beyond redistributing donations of essential items, we've organized cultural preservation events for our Latin American and indigenous neighbors, such as our annual Dia de los Muertos Street Festival. Our next event is celebrating Indigenous Heritage Week from August 9th to August 12th. Hope to see you there. Que vivan los pueblos! The way I almost did a spit take, but I realized I might cause an electrical situation here, and I really don't want to reenact an escape room in this room, not to go back to your former career path there. I think it'd be a great way to end the finale one, just to ruin all the equipment. Right, let's just ruin all of the equipment. Let's start fires. Let's break it down. Yes. Yeah. Pride was a riot. Pride was a riot, and it still is a riot. It's like... God, do you want to unpack that? Actually, should we should we talk about that, or do we want to talk about fun shit? Um, I mean, we can definitely let's, unpack let's it. Un- let's unpack it. Yeah, right. what you packing? I mean, nothing. No part of Stonewall was about anything that served society or something that society would have approved of. Yeah, it was anti-capitalist. It was black and brown trans led it was led by um sex workers mm-hmm. um it was about collective action yeah. and community um um it was anti anti police it was anti establishment and i think that just like the history of um the pride parades and everything i think that today we see a modern day version of um respectability politics and marginalization of um, the communities that are at the heart of pride. Um, And I say that because in um, the years following Stonewall, um, the um, white cis gays and lesbians were the ones who pushed out the sex workers, the trans people, the black and brown people, so that way they could achieve more respectability, um, achieve more respect in like movement with the movement yeah. without us than with us. Yeah. And Marsha and Sylvia never got their flowers for everything that they created and they have to get them now after they've already passed. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's all about remembering that kink belongs at pride. Um, Anti-capitalism belongs at Pride. Mm-hmm. Um, anti-establishment belongs at Pride. And doesn't just belong there, but it's the root of what it is. So whenever I look at corporate Prides and like TD Bank having a float and all of these different things, it's something that it it outrages me, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. 
God, we're all living. And I think that's the, I think that's going to be my wrapping up note here. That's the, that's the essence of pride is that continue to riot everyone and just continue to live. Thank you so much for tuning into Queer Focus. Brought to you by the Collective Focus Resource Hub at 1046 Broadway. Come see us at an event and better yet, come see a Junior Mint show. You will have a fucking incredible time. Mm -hmm. Per. All right, signing off. This is Darren Clayton Stewart and Junior Mint. Bye. Today's episode of Queer Focus was produced and recorded at the Collective Focus Studio. Our host this week is Darren. Our special guest is Junior Mint. It is engineered by Tsunami. I am Crystal Hart. And we are Collective Focus.